Hey folks. Well, we're back this week after a, a, a brief pause to honor uh, Blackout Tuesday, the movement that I think um, was necessary. Still is. Still is. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Well, world's on full tilt right now, right? So we got to do what we can. Can't do everything, but we can do what we can. Remember when, like, God, things were just fun, <laughs> generally speaking. Jesus, things are not fun now. No, sir. Man, I read an article yesterday, and it was posted by, you know, a friend of mine, and <clears throat> I read it, and it, it was um, scarier than any Stephen King novel I, I've ever I've ever read or Dean Kuntz, who's my preferred author of horror. Yeah, this was this was one about a guy named Little Donnie, <laughs> Little Donald, <laughs> who um, was the president of the United States in some weird alternate universe. <laughs> it feels like because it doesn't feel like my Earth. It feels like Earth Two, right? is my, 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 one of my kids has pointed out is a real thing. Apparently earth two exists. It's a parallel dimension. <laughs> Crazy. I feel like this is that parallel dimension. So little Donnie is president of earth two or just earth. And, um, you know, he, he's been president for just about four years. And in that, the end of that first four year run, there's, there's an election. And in that election, uh, he's running against Joe Biden. Okay. Yeah, I know. I know. I know. But <laughs> what do we, what do we do? Right. So yeah, he's running against Joe Biden. All right. <sighs> okay. The results come and it's a close margin, but Joe wins. Joe Biden wins the election. Yeah. Okay. So, but it's close. It's very narrow. And because it's so narrow, Look, what the shit with the phone ringing? Who's calling my landline? Oh, I know who it is. Oh, geez. Yeah, I have a landline. I have a landline for reverse 911 calls because I live in a fire zone. I live in a fire pit. I, I basically live inside of a fire pit. And if that fire pit gets lit, the, the it's very hard for the cops to call your cell phone. So you have to have a landline. Uh... And so they can call you and say, get out, get out of the fire pit now before you become a briquette. So that's, that's why I have a landline yet. Uh, no one ever calls it except for, uh, crappy robocalls. The, the school calls on occasion when there's a recording and, and then this person just called because yeah, whatever. Anyhow, little Donnie loses the election. By a narrow margin. And because it was so narrow, little Donnie says, cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. Is that right? Cheater, cheater, pumpkin eater. I don't know. Cheater, cheater. I didn't lose. It was rigged. Okay. Now, now remember, this is an article I read and I'm, I'm making, I'm, I'm toning it down. But the fact is, uh, the idea is that Donald Trump loses the election in November, please, for the love of Christ, let this happen. But it's so narrow, he says, no, you cheated. I want a recount. And then 
And then like, here we go. It goes to like Congress and Congress doesn't have it. And the bottom line is he ain't, he doesn't want to leave. He doesn't want to leave. He enacts some presidential rule to Congress saying like, you got to look into this. I'm not leaving until blah, 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 until it's determined. And that could take a while. And then come January 20th, he didn't want to go. Now, I will try to find the actual art. I will find the actual article and I will put it on Brenzor's dead. So you can read it yourself because I'm, my memory is now getting foggy. I don't remember every single detail of the uh, rules he tried to put in place and all that, but it's in the article. The idea is he doesn't want to leave. What is going to happen then? What kind of nightmare fuel is that? Oof. Yuck. Gross. So yeah, that was, that was a good one to read before bed. Yeah. Speaking of which I have not been sleeping. I, oh God, I'm not been sleeping well and put it that way. Just not well sleep a bit here and there and, you know, get some sleep at night and, but not well, not good, not peaceful sleep. So I don't know what I need. I don't know if I need like a, a, a solution, like an outside source, meaning like, do I have to take a, uh, do I got to take a pill? Do I have to take a supplement? Um, something to put in my body before bedtime that will help me go to the, go to the sleeps and stay there because man, it sucks. I don't know. I don't know if it's stress or what it is, but it sucks. Yeah. I don't know. Remember when there was a pandemic? Remember that? Cause that seemingly has gone away now, according to, I don't know, most of the planet. Cause I look around and it's, everybody's just out. Things are open. Everything's up and running. But I was under the impression we haven't, um, solved that problem yet. That was the Rubik's cube. That's still a bunch of colors in random shapes and patterns. I don't feel like all sides are solid. If you haven't seen a Rubik's Cube, you're not going to understand that reference, but most of you have, so you should get it. When the puzzle is solved, all sides are solid, okay? Solid colors. I feel like it's still the jumble, and we haven't solved it yet. All we did was we played with it for a while, and we we did the we did the turning of the sides, and we looked at it, we went, Arr! and then we said, oh, I'm going to get one side. And then we got one side, and then we said, oh, I can't do it anymore, and we put it on the shelf. And then we just kind of walked by it and look at it and go... Eh, maybe it'll just be fine if I don't solve this thing. And that that's kind of what we did, right? So, I don't know. I feel like it's still there. I think we're going to see some big numbers coming back shortly, I think. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I don't know. I don't know. But I don't think we solved it. I don't think that Rubik's Cube is done. I think it's still waiting to be finished. And not in like the shitty, cheesy, cheap way where you you know, take the, take the plastic off the, take the squares off and then put them back. And so they're all one color. No, you can't do that. That's cheaty face. It's cheater, cheater, pumpkin. I don't know what it is. Yeah. So I do have a question. I do have a question for you. So I don't know about you, but I have to deal with family that is pro-Trump. And last night it kind of got, it reared its ugly head on, uh, on the crappiest thing on the world, which is social media. Yeah. And, uh, I, I don't like it. My uh, family, I, I'm not going to say who, I guess you'll, you could just see it. 
but I'm not going to say who, you know, a family member who I like, you know, uh, disagreed with, uh, my views of the president, <laughs> which I'm sure you know what my views are on the president. <laughs> Don't I know to tell you here, but it was in response to, I really like the fact that, uh, general Mattis came out and said, you're the worst. You're not doing a good job. Do better. Dum dum. I like that. I like how he came out and said, you're just not doing a good job. I wish he would have said it earlier during times of, I don't know, impeachment or, you know, some, maybe when he was like still active, I would have, but you know, better late than never right? Better late than never. So he came out and said it. And I got a reply from a family member and it was very uh, pointed in a different light towards, this is why Trump is great. And I think, man, if you think Trump is great, we have an issue. (laughs) We have a real issue. Because if you think he's great, then you think that also, I don't know, uh, tear gassing, very peaceful civilians who are just outside doing nothing wrong is okay. Because if you, if you think Trump is great and you, 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 you support the stuff he does, then you have to support his tactics to, to clear out peaceful protests with tear gas. So he can walk his fat ass over to a, a, a church and hold up a Bible that he's never opened. Because I got to take a picture to show people that I'm doing a thing. Well, you're a dick. You're a dick. You didn't have to clear out the the folks with tear gas with uh, horses and and, uh, the police on horseback and, and just in a violent manner. You didn't have to do that. But if you support Trump, you support those kinds of activities. You also support um, him being... Uh, shitty to, to women, um, also running the country into the ground, also crimes against humanity as well as the planet. Uh, I, I, I can go on. I don't think I have to because everybody kind of knows. But when you support Trump, you support horrible things. And that's where I go, oh, yeesh. but we're family and I'm inevitably going to have to see you. And, and I got news for you. There's more than one family member that supports this guy. <sighs> That's just a fucking drag. That's just a real drag. And, and, and again, it's one of those things where now it's weird when I, it's, it, it's uncomfortable <laughs> when I see some of these family members, it's uncomfortable. And that I, I want to know if you have to deal with the same thing. Cause I, I have to deal with it, not on a daily basis, but pretty regularly. Let me put it that way. Pretty regularly. And I don't like it. Um, it makes me sad. Uh, but you know, whatever, what am I going to do? What am I going to do? More than one folks, several family members that are supporting. I do not to be clear. Anyhow, on today's show, I got a buddy of mine who's um, coming back for round two. I like to have, you know, my friends back on every now and then. Um, Also, you know, they're game industry professionals, but I like to have them on a chat because here's the thing. I'm not, I don't talk on the phone and I don't want to have a conversation on the phone. I know it sounds weird and dumb, but I don't. 
I don't want to have a talk on the phone anymore. I don't want to sit down and go, what are you doing? Oh, geez. But what I'm doing the same thing. It's weird. I mean, let's, what else are you doing? Tell me about what's going on at home. I don't, I don't, I don't want to do that anymore. I don't want to sit down and spend an hour on the phone. I feel it's not productive. <laughs> I do. I do. Now, I don't know. I'll talk to my, I'll, I'll sit down, but on the flip side, I'll sit down and talk to you for an hour on Xbox <laughs> while we're playing something. Cause I feel that's an activity. I feel like at the end of that, we're accomplishing something. Maybe we're, we're, we're finding buried treasure in, in the sea of thieves, which yeah, you know who you are. We, we nailed that shit, bro. We nailed it. Or maybe it's, we're sitting down to, uh, conquer each other in a game of gridiron Madden. Yeah. Or we're trying to get a chicken dinner in PUBG. I don't know. Maybe it's any of those things, but I feel like we're accomplishing something. So I'm happy to talk to you over Xbox live because I feel like it's productive talking on the phone. I just think sucks. <laughs> I think it's lame. <laughs> so I don't want to do that. So if I do want to catch up with my buddies sometimes and you know, we don't have anything going on, on, on the line online, then, then let's do it on the show. Let's catch up on the show. You know what I mean? Because I, I think you'd agree. You don't want to talk to me for an hour on the phone. Who the hell wants to do that? So, kind of with my old pal again for the second time. Because the last time I talked to him, the world wasn't on full tilt. The world was, you know, what it was. It was pre-pandemic. Uh, and then, you know, all the other goodness uh, that has been happening uh, it hasn't happened. So I wanted to kind of know, and he had, he had a big move in the interim during this pandemic. He moved, he moved from one state to another, which it's not like moving down the street. It's, it's rough. And so uh, I kind of wanted to hear how that went down again on the show, not on the phone. So we did, we talked about it and um, I got the skinny on what's been happening with uh, Scotty Morris on Brenzor is dead. <laughs> All right. Remember this music? I've listened to enough of these shows. I know how this rolls. What's <laughs> up, so Scott Morris, part two? How is it going, Jason Brenner, part two? Oh, God, dude. I, you know, I need a nap. <laughs> <laughs> we all do. <laughs> I Some do, of man. us a little it's longer like... than most. <laughs> Oh, and, and, and here's the thing. It's like, you know, I don't, I don't realize how dumb I am sometimes because, you know, we were talking yesterday and like, Hey, you know, do the show and uh, what time. And I, I pick a couple of times and it's like one o'clock for me is prime, prime nap time from like <laughs> one, somewhere in like the one to two hour. If I could just shut my eyes for like 30 minutes, I'll be so much happier the rest of the day. And, yep. you know, but no, no, let me, let me, let me, um, let me do a talk show. <laughs> and I need, awesome. a, and I need a nap. I do. Like I'm, I'm sitting here. I'm like, I don't, do you want to just do it? And I'll just, sure. I'll just I'll sit just back. Talk to myself. You can sit back and relax and I'll just I'm, have a conversation. It will not be the first time I've had a conversation with myself and responded to me. <laughs> well, the, it probably won't the be the last, last either. So, no, no, no. I'm going to, I'm just going to sit back. You do the show. I'm going to play Mortal Kombat for a few minutes and Thank I'm going to, yeah, I'm going to go. drift off into. <laughs> I was going to say, you know, whenever, right. I, whenever I think about things that'll put me to sleep, Ed Boone's at the top of that list. That, that makes total sense. 
Hey man, Mortal Kombat is like is like a soothing, soft, pleasant sound in the background. As I'm, well, they just put friendships back in it and they mercies. Did? Oh, nice, so, nice. Friendships yeah. are the best. You want to hear a funny story? So I was I was in college when Mortal Kombat was like taking off, and a friend of mine came to me, and we would always go to the arcade and and, and play. Which for anyone who's millennial, it was this building <laughs> you would go to. <laughs> You actually like go somewhere to play video games, not called your couch. And it was pretty amazing. Um, and he came to me one day and he goes, Hey dude, he goes, the, the bowling alley just got mortal Kombat," And I'm like the bowling alley. He goes, yeah, the bowling alley. And I'm like, they have like two video games. And he's like, yeah, he goes, but they got it. And we're like, okay. So we head over and we started playing mortal Kombat there. And then as we're sitting there playing, another one of our friends comes up and he goes, Hey, I have a crazy idea. And we're like, okay. And he goes, they actually have next semester an actual college sports class for bowling. Like we could just take that <laughs> and come here on purpose and end up playing Mortal Kombat, which, you know, when you're 20, that makes totally logical sense. Right. You know, So I, uh, I actually took bowling in college just to be able to play Mortal Kombat. <laughs> so. So likewise, I didn't take bowling. I just went to, I, I started out at a junior college out here and like I went there and I realized, well, these classes are dumb. They're boring. So instead of just really going to class, I would go to the, I don't know what you would call it. Like there was a, I guess it's a sort of a cafeteria. There's a place where you could eat and they serve stuff. So I guess that's a cafeteria. I guess. But in the cafeteria, they had, you know, an area for arcade standups. Mm -hmm. And yeah. I'd go in there and I would just... I just hustle people at Street Fighter for like four Amen, or five hours and, yep. and that's it, man. And like, you know, I didn't pass many classes that particular semester. And, you know, I had a, I had a redo. I had, I had a redux, Nice, but I, I just thought making, you know, a few hundred bucks a week was, was pretty solid. So until I got found out and then that had to stop. So I have, I have a weird, now that you say this, I have a weird memory of hustling people at street fighter. And I have no idea if this is true or not. You may be able to like actually confirm or deny this, but for some reason I remember, and it may not have been the very first street fighter. It may have been like super street fighter or street fighter two, but the first one that would unlock Sagat as a player. When like when the arcade got the machine in, you couldn't like play him, and then somebody right, had right, to like right. beat him and then unlock him and everything. Well, Street, like Fighter Bison. Two, Street Fighter Two Champion Edition was like the next iteration after the original Street Fighter Two. Because the original Street Fighter Two, you could play eight characters, and they yeah. were all the heroes. You couldn't play any bosses. Yep. The next one, Champion Edition or Hyper Fighting or whatever the hell you, <laughs> they called it in your area. Hyper it was S, everywhere. Super Fighting, DDR. <laughs> right, pretty much. Then yep. you could play as any of the bosses. So it was, it was pretty close after the first iteration of it. Yeah. I remember right. hustling people with M Bison and and Sagat because they had no idea. They, you know, they were the guys that had one quarter out of ten up on there, and you would like just play against <laughs> them with those, and it would be like completely oh, unfair. But I remember having arguments, right? With, was, like there were so many quarters. Up. Well, yeah, I mean, but I don't know if it was fair to hustle people with Bison though. <laughs> <laughs> like you had to, you had to play right. You had to like hustle him with like doll seam or something to kind of right. give the uh, illusion that you yoga had to fire try. yoga right. fire. <laughs> oh, oh, childhood! Yeah. Oh, it's so fun. I miss those so, days. 
I, I well, yeah, I do now. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, don't get me wrong. I love being able to play things on my Nintendo Switch or, you know, on the go on, you know, mobile devices and everything. And I, I remember being a kid telling my friends, man, it's going to be so awesome. And like one day we're going to be able to like hold these in our hands and take them like outside, like anywhere. And now we have that. And yet for some reason, I still want to go to an arcade. <laughs> so. Dude, there was, was there anything better than being a kid and going to like an afternoon movie? And then, you know, you, you spend like a half hour beforehand in the arcade. Cause every movie theater had yep. an arcade. That's right. You know, I mean, there was nothing more magical during that time oh, to me. I mean, it was like, arcades were the best. Ar- when, I mean, when we had the big kind of explosion in upstate New York, when I, when I was younger, it was originally strip malls like you know you'd, you'd go to a, a strip yeah, yeah. mall with like a grocery store in it and they'd have like mr t's arcade or something like that right and then Say what right yeah <laughs> and then, and, uh, and then of course you know the, the the major mall started getting arcades and i was 16 years old and i got a job as an assistant manager at the arcade in the poughkeepsie galleria mall I'm going to tell you right now, when you're 16 in like, you know, 80s, mid to late 80s, and you are, have keys to the machines that you can open and do whatever you want to do, and you're managing things. Yeah, you know, pretty much, no, not steal money, but like give people free credits, <laughs> right? And things like right, that. Right. Man, I, I, I don't think I ever identified with anybody so closely than Billy from Stranger Things after I watched last season. <laughs> I was like, yeah, that yeah, was my life for a little while. <laughs> pretty funny. I, I could dig that, man. There was, I, I just remember there was, and, and there was a boom of arcades for, for many years. It lasted, it wasn't a flash in the pan. It lasted a long time. And man, I, you know, and then like you started seeing like the nickel ones. And then, you know, that was kind of the beginning of the end. If well, you, then they evolved, right? Now it's yeah. like when when you explain to somebody, oh, I used to go to this building and play video games and put money into the, the machines, their initial reaction is one of two things, either Las Vegas or Dave and Busters. Like yeah. they, they don't think of anything else. That's one thing that I actually miss from Austin, Texas, is there's an amazing place there called Pinballs. And it's like a 7,500 square foot retro arcade. And they have some of the most amazing, like, you know, the 1978 giant kiss pinball machine. And like, <laughs> uh, it was just, it's, it's like heaven walking in there. So there was a, there's a place I was in Oregon, a, I don't know, some years back. And I was up there for a wedding. My wife and I were up there and there was, you don't the, make the, excuses. It's okay. Oh, I know. <laughs> well, it's <beautiful>. Oregon. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I, think I it's mean, nice. I, Portland's it, beautiful. I, I think it wasn't or, Oregon's. Uh, yeah, Port. That's I think that's where it was. Portland, isn't that the place that has the the big bookstore? The the isn't that the one? It's Portland, right? It might be. Yeah, I don't remember a big There's bookstore a, off the top of my head. I just remember running back and forth to two different events that I had. So no, there's this giant. Um, I, I can't remember the name, dude. I'm telling you, you need a nap, dude. You do. It's yeah, like there's, this, there's this really, but it's, it's famous. It's this really famous <laughs> bookstore that has, it's all like used and new and it's, it's, but it's enormous. It's like a city block. It's, it's giant. So I don't nice. know. We, well, we, so we went there and then we went to this arcade because that's where the wedding party was going one night. And oh, it was the same nice. thing. It was like all like, it was retro pinball, retro arcade, but then like, 
kind of new stuff too. And I don't know. It was okay. It was fun. There you yeah. go. That was the long, that's the short of the story. <laughs> it was fun. Have you, have you been we to, went any, to a building? Have you been to any barcades recently? What the fuck is a barcade? <laughs> I, I, got I mean, it sounds like a bar and an arcade. Yeah, yeah. I, I got introduced to a barcade for the first time about, I think, a year and a half ago in Florida. I was at Dice Tower Con, and a bunch of us went out, and we we decided to do something crazy and actually like do a night out at a, a you know board game show instead of just staying in and playing board games all night. And we did an escape. Whatever. Room. Yeah, right. We did, we did an escape room, and which we were successful at, which was pretty fun. And then right next to it was this like barcade. And I'm like, what the hell is a barcade, right? And we walk in and it's literally, you know, an arcade with old retro machines and a giant bar in it. And all you have to do is buy liquor of some type, whether it's beer, alcohol or whatever. And you play the games for free all you want. <laughs> I was like, hmm. hmm, I would like a six pack, please. <laughs> I was like, this is amazing. That- you just described reverse Vegas. <laughs> it is pretty much, right? Yeah, it's, it's pretty crazy. Vegas. It's pretty well, fun. You also just described my house. I, I have a bar yeah. and an arcade. It's funny. So as long as you buy booze here. Yeah, you can play games. It's good stuff. So speak, speaking of which, last time you and I really had a long talk was before the earth fell off its axis. <laughs> <laughs> and I Wait, mean, what, it's true. What do you mean? What, what's changed? What what happened? Oh my God. <laughs> I mean, I don't know. <laughs> everything's everything's done. The gates of hell done. have opened up, and yeah, it's been well, pretty crazy. Well, I woke up this months. morning. It, well, yeah, I woke up this morning, and apparently, the president wanted me dead. Oh That's what God. I had heard. Nice. Yeah, because so he, he said so he bought the, you a plane you know, ticket to Minnesota. What did he do? <laughs> well, he made his little yeah. He made his fun little comment or his retweets about like you know the only good Democrat is a Democrat. God. No, granted, I, I, oh, I saw. It. I didn't even see that. I'm not shocked or surprised. <laughs> okay, let me let me just give you because I got to be fair. He didn't come out and like write this down as a tweet. That is not what happened. There's a group in I think it's. New Mexico, I think. And they're called Cowboys for Trump. C4T, right? Cowboys for <laughs> Trump. First of all, they're, they're exactly what you think they are. Yeah, yeah. I, was I don't know say, how to explain. I can, don't, we, can we call them like, you know, Cowboys universally <laughs> negotiating for Trump or something? <laughs> like, I was thinking there's, a, there's another really good word um, that starts with C that could yeah. still be C4T, you know? Um, sure. So yeah. anyhow... This, this, the, uh, the, um, I'm assuming the leader of this organization, Cowboys for Trump. Jesus Christ. I, there's, there's something for everybody, right? I'll tell you the so over under guy, in that bet is how many names the leader has. Is it like Billy Bob Joe or, is, like, you know? Dude, he, it, it looks like it could be a Billy Bob Joe. I, cause I watched the video. And so in the video, first of all, it looks like he's like just hanging out in somebody's, like, decrepit rental property number one during this video and he's holding like some sort of rally like he's out of like like joe exotic or something (laughs) it just looks like a condemned like old pizza place or something i don't don't know how to describe it but he's he's on his he goes on his rant and he's wearing the hat and he's you know got the spurs and the and the the jeans that are really not they're (laughs) ill-fitting let me put it that way they're ill-fitting Oh, and amazing. during his little rally, and he he doesn't show how many people are listening. He just sh- the the camera is on him holding a mic. 
Mm. And in his in his rhetoric, he says the only good Democrat is a dead Democrat. Now, he followed up immediately by saying, I mean, politically speaking, okay, is what the cowboy said. (laughs) All right. Sure. He's. He's not calling for the murder of Democrats or anything like that, but not directly, no, <laughs> not directly, but just politically. Uh, so then, our our glorious leader um, decides to retweet uh, this video, and he says, "You know, the only good Democrat is a dead Democrat." And it's like, are you? Uh, yeah, are you yeah, insane? Yeah, yeah. <laughs> yeah, whatever word you were going to add to the end of that sentence, he is. It's like, I don't want to get all political and everything. I just, I, I, I know, man, we are but- so we're, we're at a point, especially with what you just said, with the world being shoved off its axis and life as we know it, just being turned upside down. Like if there, if, if we can't squash hatred and racism and garbage like that, as much as humanly possible right now, we're never going to do it, right? I mean, it's just, it's unbelievable to me how terrible one human being can be to another human being just because of perceived differences. And that just drives me up the wall. We're so divided right now. It's just ridiculous. So maybe it's a good thing we're all in our homes. (laughs) Well, we're not in our homes any longer. I don't know about where you're at, but, and we'll talk about that in a moment, but out here in the SoCal, dude, open for business. Everything is back to normal right here. Well, to be fair, I mean, your governor, he jumped on it pretty quick. I mean, he was like one of the first ones to, hey, quarantine, get your butts home, stop work or, you know, stop going to work and things like that. And Totally he- true. And uh, totally true. Now, it, my my whole position on Gavin is he is way like. I love how you say you that like me, he's your drinking buddy. Like, you know, Gavin, no, he's we're talking. Uh, he, me and G. <laughs> no, like if you would have asked me six months ago, my take on him, I would have been like way too slick for my taste, man. He is just. He's very slick. He he looks like he absolutely could have been in Die Hard as a villain. You Completely. Know? I mean, that's yeah. <laughs> totally a Die Hard villain. So, yeah. but he handled this thing very well. I thought okay? so too. Yeah. Now here we are today in the end of May, and like you know, by about two, three, but two or three weeks ago, maybe somewhere in there. The protest started, right? The people oh, yeah. that were on the corner going, "I, I want to have my nails done." Right, I, right. I need, I my need hair a done. sandwich. Yeah. <laughs> my hair looks terrible. I'm gonna die. Yeah. And because of that, fuck, dude. We, we, everybody from the the city of San Diego to the um, city of Los Angeles to Orange County, every other like place up the chain, all the way up the coast, including uh, to our governor. Totally caved. Everybody caved. Yeah. Everybody caved, dude. Now it's totally open for business. As of like, I think Tuesday, the beaches are now, go ahead. Oh, yeah. You can do whatever you want now. You can do whatever you want. Not just running and exercising. Plant your ass there and and just enjoy it because everything's fine. Over (laughs) the the Memorial Day weekend here in uh, Missouri, where I live now, there was a lake that had like... 33,000 some odd people at it for the the holiday. And of course, you know, you look at it and it looks like, you know, an excerpt from like Girls Gone Wild in 1991 or something like that. And it's like a bunch of dude bros, you know, doing their keg stands and, you know, throwing out, you know, giant, you know, watermelon shots and everything like that. And then they turn around and the the headline of it was Missouri Lake. We're all going to die. (laughs) 
Right. Yeah. No, it, it said Missouri. Well, it, we would have died anyway, even if there wasn't a quarantine just from 13,000 or 30,000 bros out there or anything. But they um, they said that everyone was uh, recommended to self-quarantine for the next two weeks. And I'm looking at the pictures <laughs> and I'm like, those don't look like people who adhere to government restrictions very well at all. <laughs> like at all. So or yeah, it's can potentially yeah. read. Yeah. 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 Either one sober or not sober. <laughs> yeah. I, uh, it's, it's been a weird you, time, man. I mean, or, think about the last time we talked in, in something, just any, anything, not even just the, your podcast here, which by the way, has been tremendous. And I'm very happy that you've kept it up and kept it going with everything because you, you have some of the oh, most thank you. fun conversations on there. Um, so like go back to last time we talked and think to yourself, if I went back in time, was that five months, four months and say, yeah, Hey, yeah. Jason from January, here's what's going to happen. You would laugh us out of the damn building. You would be like, yeah. no, quarantine the whole U S nah, that's not going to happen. You're crazy. You know, people, 80% of people are going to lose their jobs. I mean, it was like, you know, we get laughed out of the, you know, this state is like, you know, the idiots. And yet here we are. <laughs> and it's like so fast. <laughs> No, dude, this is this is bizarre world, man. And and you know the the sad part is, you know, because I'm, you know, I, I we've been a lockdown family. You know, we're we're wearing masks when we go out every single time, whether it's to walk the dog or. And, and I'll tell you, uh, truth be told, yesterday, no, f- two days, no, it was yesterday. It was yesterday morning. I walked down to the mailbox. Our mailbox is not attached to our home. It's right. like. It, we live in one of those neighborhoods where there's like a cluster of yeah. mailboxes. The gang. You know what I mean? Yeah. The gang. And they're, they're spread out. There's like 10 of them all over the neighborhood. Well, my yeah. cluster is about 200 yards away. Okay. From our house. <laughs> Your cluster is always 200 yards away. I'm sorry. Back to the mail. <laughs> also true. <laughs> See you on the show. That's right. <laughs> so I, I, I go, well, I got to go draw. I'm, so I'll tell you what I was doing. I, I had just bought or my wife actually bought it forbidden Island. Right. Oh yeah. We do. Now we own it. We haven't had it before. Now we do because I want to play with the kids. Yeah. Very great. And I want, I'm trying to like, you know, dip their toes in and get them on the right track for tabletop. Yeah. So, cause yours are what seven or six. They're going to be nine. And so now's the time. Yeah. Right. But I can't, I can't throw them into Gloomhaven. Oh, you can. You it know, just won't work. But I mean, you could. <laughs> I mean, I, I could basically throw them into the box, and they would fit. That's right. Know? That's right. <laughs> so I'm. I'm. I, I got. We we got Forbidden Island, and in Forbidden Island, there's a little, and I'm sure it's in every game loft game. Um, there's a little survey, if you will, like a little postcard that you can fill out, right, and and give them your information. And I thought, you know what, I, I want to help. I want to make sure they understand what this game did for us at our table. So nice. I filled out the postcard and it was like, you have to tape it up, you know, and then put a stamp on it. Take it down. <laughs> so I'm like, all right, I'll do that. It's archaic method of communication. <laughs> it is. And I'm like, what is this? So I'm like, I'm just going to go into the mailbox and drop this off. And I go down there and I get about 15 steps out the door. And I'm like, Oh shit. I don't have my mask. And I'm like, I, I felt weird about it. Like, yeah, I really yeah. did. And I was like, well, I, if I, you know, if I see anybody, I gotta, you know, I, I just have to keep my distance for them and me. And look, you didn't see anybody, but I felt weird about it, you know. Uh, but- I I have too. I mean, we we've been doing the same thing, right? I mean, I'm not, 
Uh, I'm not one of these people that is, you know, beneath the ability of saying, okay, I'm healthy. My family's healthy. I don't need to wear a mask. I'm, I'm like, look, this is helping other people. Right. And, and that's fair enough. That's kind of the way I look at it is, you know, I, I would rather do something that is not inconvenient for me to help somebody else than, you know, not. Well, and not, and not look like a shit all day long. Go, it's not, it's my right not to right. wear one. I mean, exactly. okay. it's crazy, right. but I, I've gone out <laughs> okay. we, we haven't gone barely anywhere. And, you know, to your point earlier about being a lockdown family, like we've kind of been a lockdown family before lockdown because both my wife and I do our businesses from home. So we, we are always working from home all the time anyway. Apart from the kids being home all the time now versus, you know, going to school when they were doing that, there's not much that has been different from us in terms of our lifestyle, other than the fact that I'm working way more hours and we don't go anywhere other than the absolute necessities, right? Like we, it's funny, I just moved to Missouri in the middle of a pandemic, which let me tell you is just the most amazing time to move your family. (laughs) If you ever really want to figure out, you know, how, how tight y'all are, that's the way to do it. I want to come back to that because I have so many questions, dude. Oh yeah. It's um, unbelievable, crazy stuff. Um, But I'm here in Missouri now for a month. And I've had so many people be like, oh man, how's Missouri and how's the barbecue and Kansas City and blah, blah, blah. I'm like, I don't know. I've been to Walmart and Costco. Like, that's it. Right? Maybe Home Depot three times. It's like, I'm not going anywhere unless it's a necessity. So it, we, we've done the same thing. So my my wife won't let me go to the store um, because I'm I'm the one in the family that has like the biggest risk potential, if you will. Oh, yeah. Um, <laughs> For for a, a very specific reason, so she's sure. the one that's been going to you know the the grocery store or whatever, and you know it's been about once every two weeks, I guess. Well, she'll go. Matter of fact, she went today. Um, you know, and but I haven't I haven't gone anywhere, dude. I haven't gone. I I mean, I the longest I stretch did. I've gone so far is two and a half weeks. With realizing, you know, when I walk out of the house, I'm like, oh wow. I haven't been outside of the house. <laughs> like, this is all. what it still looks like. Yeah, that's what's that yellow ball in the sky, right? You know, it's like. Well, I mean, like you know, I'll, we'll go outside, you know, in you know, in the neighborhood a little bit. Like if I like, I had to go walk the dog this morning. You know, it's fine. I put the mask on and go do the thing, whatever. Mm-hmm. But I, we don't go to the park. Right. You know? Yeah. And you're not going out to dinner. You're not going to like movies oh. or any of that stuff. During this, oh God, no! Well, I don't think I'm ever, of, dude. I don't think I'm ever going to a movie again. Well, I think you will, and here's why I think you will. I, we were just talking about this the other day because we passed one, and it sparked this conversation of the evolution of our world and how things are changing because of this virus and interactions amongst all of us. And I, I literally said it. And two miles later down the road, we passed one, which, mind you, we're like brand new in town when we're driving anywhere. We don't know what the heck's around us or anything yet. And uh, I made the comment, I'm like, you know, I don't ever think I ever want to go back to a movie theater because I hate opening night anyway. I don't like, you know, a bunch of 16 year olds snickering in the back row and everything because I'm old and, you know, that's the way it works. Oh, it sucks. I pay for a movie, not for the fucking after party. Right. Not for the ambiance, right? Um, And then I immediately said, you know what could make a really big comeback? And of course, everyone in the car went, no, father, what? Please tell us. (laughs) Enlighten. And I said, Uh, drive-in movie theaters 
Like if you drive ins where you're just in your car, you, you could have, you know, contactless delivery of your popcorn and snacks and all that. Like I could totally make a comeback and sure as shit, man, two miles down the road, there's this big thing of the twin movie theater and it's this old 50s style drive in. And I'm like, that's on the list. I'm like, that's pretty cool. See, but I've never been to a drive in in my life. Are you kidding? I, Nope, oh my goodness. I have stories. Oh, do I have stories? Like we, we you used to get in at least where we were in New York, you would get in based on the number of people in the car. And of course, you know, when you have a family as big as I did, I had, you know, myself and like five sisters and then all the you know, parents and everything else. It was, Hey kids, get down the back of the station wagon and cover up in a blanket. <laughs> <laughs> you know, try and get into like there's only four of us in here, sir, and there's really like nine, right? You know, it's like it so crazy. Yeah, you, you don't you, don't you just have to pay for how you just pay for how many people are in the car, right? That, yeah, that, you just pay for okay. how many people. Yeah, and and it was great. I remember going. Oh man, I remember going to the drive-in to see so many different things when I was a kid, and it's funny because you know how now like a movie will come out, and and I don't want to necessarily say this is a modern movie, but it is. I mean, like some like maybe like from National Treasures release time on, right? And it'll come out and it'll do well and it'll go on Netflix and then it goes to like TBS or TNT or sometime Warner owned TV station because he owns all of them. And you you never really ever watch the movie again. You just watch it in like 15 minute blocks because it's on 17 times a day, right? (laughs) 100%. That was the drive in experience for me. I didn't see Jaws at the drive in. I just saw about 26 minutes of Jaws at the drive in. (laughs) So, because we would get out of the car, we'd play football, we'd run around, like do all this crazy stuff and everything. And it was like so much fun. Well, you you just described my nightmare of going to a movie though. It's (laughs) because now I'm going to be in the car next to you playing fucking football <laughs> and i'm like but but the shark is coming and there's the music and the thing and all i see is like you know scotty morris running for the end zone that's and right like that's that's gonna that's gonna blow it for me I yeah can't. we used to get in trouble all the time because we'd bring frisbees like the old whammo frisbees and you know somebody sure sooner or later somebody's jackass big brother would grab it and toss it and go you know hit some dude's pickup truck that had a license plate in the back says sissy or something it was just <laughs> it was crazy oh you you're talking about sea bass he was at your driving that's, <laughs> that's right that's right i used to have a i used to have a glow in the dark whammo and i'm like oh yeah i don't know why i was yeah. glow in the dark because i was never allowed out at night so yeah, yeah. and nobody was ever going to play frisbee in the middle of the night either it was like come on there were a lot of stupid products like that when we were kids like the pogo ball (laughs) the pogo ball is possibly the (laughs) stupidest invention on the planet (laughs) do you remember the skip i i literally i was literally just going to say for whatever because you said dumb products and i'm like i i remember this being stupid and it was the skip bow now it was yep. i was past the skip bow age but i remember seeing it going well, this is the dumbest thing i've ever you just hopping on one foot yep it was <laughs> the just, dumbest thing i ever saw in my life paid money to hop on it well okay well best of luck i don't know yeah. i do remember the skip bow yeah. well well, no, I've never been to a drive-in because they just weren't popular out here. Uh, like, I've been here for like 40 years and I've never, 
you know, that strikes there are, me as there, funny I because I think of the San Diego area and I think of like, you know, absolute beauty, right? I think of things that are like, you know, it's always 77 and sunny and everyone has a wonderful time and everyone's smiling and wearing bikinis. It's like, it, it just has this like image in your head. And, and that's probably stereotypical of me, you know, kind of like saying it always rains in Seattle, but it, I would imagine that outside well, activities like that would have been a big thing for you as a kid. I well, they just didn't no. <laughs> well, you're t- what, no no. And here, first of all, little fat kid for like ages, right? So no, my my fun time was inside <laughs> eating food. It, let's go inside and eat some ice cream. That was okay. that was fun, right? There was no yeah no. Um, that can still be fun. I mean, you don't have to be a kid to do that. <laughs> I, I'm, dude. I'm. We're on now that we're locked in. I know my every time my wife goes to the store, she buys ice cream. I'm like, well, that's great. <laughs> You know, yeah, I yeah, think yeah. the we've, other we've day, eaten more ice cream in the lockdown than ever. Dude, the other day I shot whipped cream into my mouth and I <laughs> followed it up with a Hershey syrup chaser. That's what I did. I was just like, fuck it. I don't know. Which ironically, 20 years ago was the same exact thing you did according to your Facebook memories. You just did it with vodka. Right? <laughs> so. Very true. It's very true. That's, That's very too true. funny. But, but like, I don't know. I just, we didn't do, we had movie theaters every on every corner there just weren't a lot of drive-ins there are some in san diego but i've just never been to one and they still exist and i think now they probably are experiencing some sort of resurgence i mean people are going to want to do the things they used to do they're just going to want to do them differently right they're not going to want to be as you know at risk i guess was the right thing to say and and maybe i'm wrong i don't know i just i i feel like there's going to be a lot of businesses that have to evolve to be more than what they are. Right. And, you know, I've seen just in, in my industry with, with board games, I've seen some really creative retailers who didn't even realize that they were prepared for something like this. And suddenly, you know, they're, you know, doing curbside services or locker pickups. And, you know, suddenly they're driving like, you know, 70 to 75% of their business online. And everyone's feedback is, I love it. This is great. So much easier. And I'm like, that's awesome. Cause you're just going to have a whole new channel to be able to, you know, operate when you come back to what is, you know, whatever the new norm is. I don't, I don't think we're ever getting back to a normal the way that it used to be before all of this, but the new yeah. norm will be a, you know, kind of a, norm prime so to speak and we'll have to figure out how to evolve from there but yeah i don't know how this i i don't know how any of this is going to play out it's it's crazy to me but i I will tell you that um is sinopolis is that a nationwide chain or is that just here and it's it's one of those um super luxury cinema things you know oh yeah we we had in texas we had ipic uh, okay. I, I don't Same remember. Idea, right? I don't know if I've seen anything here in Missouri, but yeah, it's always, you know, the, the big recliner chairs and, you know, sure. the heated pillows and everything. Yeah. Well, <laughs> there is, we, we live about a mile. It's, it's like literally one mile from a little, you know, shopping center area that's, you know, whatever. And in that shopping center last year, they, they started breaking ground on a movie theater and I'm like, well, that's cool. I don't know what kind they didn't say which kind of movie theater it was. So I'm like, well, who knows? I hope it's one of these luxury cinemas because it, you know, we're, we don't go to movies that much anymore anyway, because a, you don't have to sure. and, and B man, it's just so expensive. And when you go to these luxury cinemas, it's not cheap. No, <laughs> it's, yeah, not- it's like 20 bucks a ticket. Like it's crazy. 
Oh, well, 20 bucks would be the matinee price on a Tuesday afternoon at one, apparently, because nice. The I mean, dude, we're paying we we're easily paying like over 100 bucks for four tickets over for us at at kind of like the discounty luxury cinema that had the reclining seats, but didn't have like the table service. Nice. Nice. So but at at the at the this other one that is like, you know, going to open up and all that. And they broke around. They finally revealed it's going to be one of the hyper luxury cinemas. And it's it's going to have like all the booze and it's going to have all the full. You could get a filet mignon and lobster. You could do all this (laughs) stuff. And we're like, great, that sounds awesome. At least it's going to be one of those. So they literally opened their doors the first week of March. Uh, and uh, can you believe that? And no. So, <laughs> no, I mean, I so, mean, that's just disaster. So a couple weeks ago, I did have to go to the bank to put a check in. So I like drove and I went through the drive through with the bank. I didn't go in or anything. And I'm like, well, let me take a drive through the parking lot. And there was like, there's the movie theater. And it's just the lights are on. But uh, I'm like, geez, nobody's home. home. <laughs> nobody's home. And I'm like, God, these poor sons of bitches. I, yeah. I don't know how they're going to live. They, they literally opened. I think it was like the week before lockdown happened. And then ugh. so well, I don't like, know how imagine any business, whether whether it's a service type business like that. But I mean, any business that opened board game publisher, oh, restaurant, yeah. you know, delivery service, like when when everyone gets locked in their homes, what do you do? You lean on the people you know. You don't go looking for new business. You don't go looking for new partnerships. You you lean into what you know. So, yeah, I, I can't even imagine having that. And that's like the perfect storm, right? Hey, we're going to open the week that everyone gets quarantined and our business model is get everybody out of their houses. <laughs> right? Like, that's just terrible. And, and now, if like I, I guarantee, if it opened today, it would be full. I guarantee it. I don't doubt that for a second for sure. because yeah. people are, you know, people just think it's done, it's over. Well, we're it's human gone. beings, and we have this like bizarre recessive gene in every single one of us that believes, nope, not going to happen to me. Everything will be fine. This will never happen to me. So. Well, I, I, you know, in in my neighborhood, now I'm not going to knock my neighbors because I got a feeling maybe some are listening to this show because <laughs> I have I have gotten a lot since I started doing it and since like the lockdown happened, yep. I have gotten a lot of side eye from people. Like, really? Suddenly, wow. I am not very. Mm, I don't know. Favored. I, I'm not the. I'm not the sought after dinner guest I once was. <laughs> nice, nice. Oh, hey, um, Buffy. Should we invite the Brenners over for dinner? No, no, no. Have you listened to his podcast? Oh my no. goodness. <laughs> they're extremists because they're wearing ma- like. So here's the thing. In my neighborhood, we're. I think there's about three families. We have about 200 houses in our neighborhood, right? I think out of that, there's about three families that wear masks. Okay. The rest of them are just like. Nope, nope, you're crazy. You know, you're crazy kind of thing. And I'm like, well, then I'm crazy, man. So I think uh, it's annoying. (laughs) I see like every single person around is just like, but that's not true. There's one family across the street who I haven't seen since February because you know what? They're staying in the house. And I love that. Good for them. Good for them. That's awesome. So speaking of houses. Yeah, yeah. Speaking of houses. Nice segue. So <laughs> how it, right? Yeah, see, I, I, I'm steering smooth, the ship, man. Smooth I know like what I'm butter. Doing. So I've, I've, my wife and I can't, you know her. Yep. We've talked recently about potentially leaving San Diego. 
like packing up and going somewhere else. You know, uh, sure. we've, we've talked about the Carolinas. <laughs> we've talked about a couple of other regions. We, we have a very easy, <laughs> there's two things we really want to avoid. And I don't know how we're going to do this and, and get both things we want. A, we don't want to have a heavy winter. Okay. We, we just don't. I'm not built for it. We're not built for it. And then the second thing is we don't want to go to like the deep red state. Period. Sure. Regardless, we just don't because if it's bad. And look, we live in California. Yeah. That's red enough. Yeah. We don't. <laughs> and it's hard to deal with it here. We don't want to go in, in where it might potentially be worse. Right. But we're we're talking about moving. But then we're we're also faced with the fact that, well, we're in a pandemic. Right. You know. Yeah. And, <laughs> I, you know, it's weird. So and then I hear my friend. Scott Morris is packing up from his life in Texas and he's moving during the pandemic. Dude, you got to walk me. You got to walk <laughs> me through this because I, I mean, I don't want to move if it. I don't want to do something if it's raining. I know? hate. Oh, I'll tell you right now. I hate moving. I absolutely hate moving. I don't care well, if you're moving yeah. four miles or four states or four countries. It's never easy and it's always hard and something always goes wrong. Right. And for us, it was a decision that we had made uh, the prior year. And we uh, we talked about a little bit on the last podcast, you know, Betsy, my wife had been in a pretty bad car mm-hmm. accident a couple of years ago. And, you know, she's kind of, you know, through most of the healing now. So, you know, we had talked and she's like, I want to be near my family. And almost all of her family lives within about hour, hour and a half Kansas City. And when you then overlay the fact that, you know, for my job, it's like perfectly central to the United States. I can get to in Indiana, I can get to Illinois real easy, Ohio, Florida, anything I want real simple. That's always good. <clears throat> but we, we decided that we were going to move in 2019. We put the house on the market and within three weeks, school started and the entire market in Texas just bottomed out. Like it just did, like did it really bottomed out. Yeah, we, I mean, we did in the first three weeks, we had over 45 walkthroughs of the house and we had two potential offers and then it just literally fell apart and nobody wanted to do anything. And we just, we were like, okay, we're going to have to, you know, put it on the back burner. Right. So we, we had packed up about half of our house because you have to stage it and, you know, make it look like you don't actually live there and everything. So we're living like that. And, uh, and then we get to about October timeframe. And I, I remember telling my wife, I'm like, you know, if it, if it doesn't fly by like November 1st, we should just kill it. Like we just take it off the market and let's not enjoy worry about it. Yeah. Enjoy the <laughs> holiday. Right. Like I don't, yeah, yeah. I don't want to have to deal with people calling me up on Christmas Eve going, oh, I'd like to bring the Smiths through, you know, it's, uh, whatever, you know? Yeah, yeah. So, um, and ironically, even our realtor told us that it was a good idea because she said there's people who actually will like, like case out, homes for like break-ins or robberies not that we lived in a bad area or anything but just it's christmas and you know everyone's got electronics and everything right right right. so we did that we took it off the market and we didn't we left it off until february of this year and then it was i kid you not it was like somebody said hey it's go time at spacex hit the launch button we're off because february 1st we put it uh put it on the market had a couple of like technical glitches. So like February 3rd was like when it actually got on the market. And then uh, within a matter of two weeks, we get an offer and it's exactly where we wanted from a price point, but they're like, Oh, but you need to be out in three weeks. And I'm like, <laughs> okay. 
<laughs> um, we don't have a home to go to. Like we don't have anywhere to go or what are we going to do? Right? right. And, and this is February when the so, world wait, was so hold on, well, hold, on. <laughs> hold on. Wait. So let's take a step back. You get an off. Cause this is moving is fascinating to me because having done it a couple times, you know, house to house, not, not the apartment life where you take, oh, God, you know, yeah. you, you pack up a, a back of a, a Toyota Tacoma and you're good to go. <laughs> That's right. Uh, I'm talking about real moving where you got to hire a people. guy. Yes. Right. <laughs> right. So you, you get an offer in February, right? Mm-hmm. Yep. You had not looked for a new home yet. No. Well, I take that back. We had looked in 2019, but we had not looked any time recently. Right. We right. Had anything on the radar. So you're selling blind pretty much. You, you're, you got to go if in three weeks and, and potentially you got nowhere to go. All right, go ahead. Continue. Yeah, yeah it was crazy. And right. uh, I, I remember when we looked at the offer and we were like, yes, I think we want to take this, you know, for the, the financial reasons of it. And I made the argument of, well, you know, even if we have to, you know, you know, live out of a, a hotel or something for, you know, a week or two until we find something, it's still going to be financially better for us. And we literally left that day. It was like three in the afternoon. <clears throat> it was a Wednesday. And we left that day to come to Kansas City to start looking for houses. And that was insanity. It, it was come up, look at a bunch of houses, you know, jam out like two or three things, then come back. And we probably looked at like 30 houses in three days and couldn't find anything we liked. And we're like, okay, okay we're, we're probably going to be screwed. And then we started talking. <clears throat> we're like, okay, let's go. Let's go back again. Let's go back over spring break. We'll, we'll go back over spring break. Take the kids with us and everything, and we'll find something. And then, you know, by the following week or so, we'll we'll be out and we'll hopefully have something. And we came, and it was first week of March. We we come to Kansas City. We're looking around on like I think a Thursday or a Friday, and then that Saturday, my owner, my, my boss, basically calls me and says, "Hey, we're not going to Gamma." And I'm like, "What?" And he goes, we're not going to Gamma. He goes, I know you're in Kansas City, and I know that you were planning on getting home to catch a plane on Monday to go to Gamma, but we're not doing that um, because of this COVID thing. And, you know, he, you know, very great discussion about, you know, people over profits and things like that. And I'm like, so we're not going at all. Like, no one's going. He's like, no. And I'm like, well, then I'm staying here and looking for a house, right? Because I got to get one. So I was going to leave that Sunday. And then the the Sunday right before Gamma. And then that Sunday was when we found the house. And it was so funny because it was like maybe like, I don't know, second or third on our list for that day. And that was like, you know, day umpteen at that point. And nobody thought anything about it at all. It was just like one of these things that our realtor was like, oh, well, this is a house that has the size that you're looking for and the number of bathrooms you're looking for. And we're like, all right. And we got here and it was amazing. I mean, absolutely amazing. We walked in the house and it, it's up on a hill and it overlooks this area in Kansas City where, um, and I think we talked about this also on the last podcast, uh, my wife's Mormon. And in Kansas City, there's a Mormon temple and it's literally four miles away from the house that we live in now. And it's- Is that the thing you can see view. from your backyard? Because I've yeah. seen the pictures. That's our view. So we have this beautiful, like almost like Bob Ross majestic painting scene as our back view off our patio now. And and it's just unbelievable. And I looked at Betsy and I'm like, is that the Mormon temple? She goes, yeah, it is. And I'm like, well, if that ain't a sign, I don't know what the hell is, right? You know? So 
we uh yeah we literally it was like super super fast and and then of course like you said you know hire people and you know get a guy and you know start doing all that stuff and have all that go crazy and haywire so it was pretty stressful we actually got told the week oh there goes my doorbell sorry um we got told the week yeah, the 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 week before we got told all this stuff where we were like, "Hey, you're not going to be able to leave." We're like, "Tell you mean we're not going to be able to leave?" And people are like, "Yeah, I, I don't think you're going to be able to leave the state and cross borders unless you have like some type of paper." I'm like, "No, no, 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 no. This isn't <laughs> Poland in 1942." I'm like, "It's not the way this works." I'm like, "You can't keep me here. I'm not like a you know beholden to Texas or anything like that." So. It was kind of crazy. Well, who who was saying you can't leave? Was the it new, just there was a the friend neighbors? of mine that worked in the news? Okay. No, there was a friend of mine that worked in the news in, in Texas, and he was like, you know, maybe this is a thing. And I'm like, I don't, I, I hate to tell you, man, but you're you're no, there's no way, right? Like, it's not Mexico. I'm not in Cuba. Like, I can go where I want to go, right? You know. So, but it was pretty tough. I mean. It was weird too. Like when we moved up here, we, you know, it's a long drive from Austin. It's like 11 hours from Austin. And, um, we, we stopped in, uh, Oklahoma, uh, Oklahoma city actually. And we were one of four families in a big giant, like Marriott hotel that had like seven floors and like hundreds of rooms. And there were four rooms taken up and that's it. And it was bizarre. Like, I remember telling my wife, I'm like, we should just like run up and down the aisle. Like, I mean, we could just you know, go in the hallway and like have like, you know, hallway chair races and stuff and everything. It was so right. bizarre. So. so, I mean, so then what happens when you get to like the new, the, so inevitably you move into the new house, right? I mean, that, that ends up happening. Allegedly we've moved into the new house. Yeah. <laughs> I feel like we're going to be unpacking until 2023, but whatever. <laughs> Well, would you say, so you were telling me the other day, you're like, well, it was cool until like we opened up the moving truck. Cause this is my nightmare, dude. Oh and I'll, yeah. Oh. I'll tell <laughs> I've, I've went, so it's funny because when I was a kid, not kid, I was a teen, twenties in my twenties and you know, you move in, like maybe you get roommates or something. Well, I live, <laughs> I was moving with this one guy and he goes, it was me, him, and it was three of us. And we, you know, we got a U-Haul. We're all going to move into this apartment together. And the one stipulation that this one guy had, he goes, I'll move, but I have to have my stuff go into the U-Haul last. We're like, <laughs> okay, I mean, all right, fine. I guess like last in, first out, whatever. Right, something and like that. And he made that. like, he made a giant big deal out of it. Like it was the thing. Like I won't move with you unless I can do this. I'm like, So he okay. had experience before is what you're telling me. <laughs> right, right, right. So he had this, apparently so. So we, fine, that's what we did. We we put all our stuff in, we packed in, his stuff went in last, and then we moved. And when I say moved, we're talking like six miles from where everybody lived originally, right? So we're not going far. Right. Well, apparently in that six-mile trip in a U-Haul, um, everything he owned got demolished. Yeah. <laughs> because the second yeah. we opened the door, like his stuff just like, it was like sand. It just, it just started seeping. It just fell out. And we were just like, well, so we're going to, we're going to do this live. Like we're going to do this live. I just sent you as we're sitting here talking, recording this podcast, I just sent you two pictures. 
The first right, one on. is a up. picture of the first truck that opened up. And the second one is a picture of the second truck that opened up. And you are literally going to be like, this isn't even the same move. It's not the same day. It's not the same people. We had four trucks. Wait, wait, wait. <laughs> I, got, I got one picture so far. Okay. Is it the good one or the bad one? <laughs> I I can't tell. Oh, it, oh no, 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 no. It's, oh, it's the bad one. Yeah, yeah, oh, yeah. I just saw the good one. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> Unbelievable. And and I need to caveat all this, right? I'm what not going to. F- I know. <laughs> so for anyone who can't see this, let me set the, the tone for you. Please um, do. This is great. A friend of mine of almost nearly 30 years owns this mo- this moving company. And he's not here. His his guys, you know, came to to do the move and, and drove everything up. And he did everything, like you know, packed up the stuff for us in in Texas and and helped store it and then you know transferred it and everything like that. And uh, he was like one of the first people I ever met in Texas. And he's a great guy, great great friend. And uh, he calls me and he's like, "Hey, guys are on their way. They're gonna be there like you know eight eight thirty. I'm like, "All right, great. We're we're here. We're ready." And uh, he goes, "It actually it, it was four trucks, not three. He goes, "We ended up having to get a fourth truck." He goes, "Man, brother, you got a lot of board games." <laughs> and I'm yeah, like, "Yeah, right, yeah, I do." And he goes, "Yeah, your board games alone took up almost an entire twenty eight foot truck, <laughs> but they stack nicely." They, they do. Stack yeah. Nicely. Yeah. So I'm like, okay, so guys show up, very nice guys, you know, introduce themselves, you know, talk to them real quickly, kind of give them the layout of the house and everything. And then they open the truck that is the good truck that I sent you. And I'm like, okay, cool. You know, everything's packed in there and it looks good. They're pulling it, it off. It and very, it looks, I'm looking at it now. It looks very reasonable. Things are packed yeah. like you would expect they would look in a, right. in a moving truck. Yeah. Sure. Sure. Yeah. Sure. And, and then there's exhibit B which for anyone who <laughs> isn't watching because it's a podcast is imagine a 28 foot Penske truck that is filled about maybe from floor to about three quarters high and literally looks like a bomb went off in the middle of a King of the Hill episode. I mean, it is unbelievable how many, I mean, I got a better, damaged. I got a better picture for people. Cause this is theater of the mind, right? Yeah, for sure. Imagine a garbage truck. And yeah. in the back of that garbage truck is a neighborhood's full of stuff. <laughs> yeah. It's just all in there. Rakes, right? shovels, implements of destruction, you know, it's like all what? over the place. Dude, I'm looking at this going like, it, How? this looks like a salvage. Yeah, it literally looks like, uh, it, it was unbelievable. And when they opened so, it up, we were like, what the hell? I'm looking at like, so the things, that, there's that red chair at the yeah, top. At the I'm top, like, just thrown on to everything. Just, yeah. <laughs> It I'm was. Not, I don't think this is funny. I think this is terrible. So what? It's happened? funny so what now. Happened? I mean, it was disastrous when it was uh, happening. Is it? It's funny now, but yeah. And and you know, I'll I'll kind of skip to the end real quick and let everybody know that you know because I know the the owner of the company, he's like helping take care of us on everything. But you know, it was a, a mitigated disaster when it happened. Uh, if you look at that picture, you'll see a giant like. Uh, concrete vase that's in the the left yeah, yeah, yeah. truck there. Yep. So the bl- the blue one or the, yeah, the, the blue, gray one? The blue one. Um, so we had tons of like yard statues and, and yard art that were like, you know, these big concrete, you know, cement yeah, yeah. tile things. They didn't tie any of them down. They just put them in there. And the fact that that blue one is even in one piece is amazing. But like we had um, – I can't remember the name of it. There's a there's a very famous statue from from the Carolinas of this girl that's like a bird feeder and her two arms are out and the left and the right and you know birds can come and like do a bird bath and everything. And she, you know, 
things like that are top heavy when they're concrete, right? They're going to fall over. And I, I don't know if the people loading, because the people who delivered the truck, they weren't the people who loaded the truck. And, and they were very adamant about that. They were like, we did not do this. Like we did not load this. And I was like, okay, I'm like, well, I need to call him. I need to call my buddy. Was, this is crazy. Right. And he didn't believe me. Like I told him what was going on. He goes, you got to send me a picture, man. Like I just, this is crazy. Right. You got to be over exaggerating it. I'm like, no, I'm not like, you know, this is what's going on. We literally out of that, that one truck had over $3,600 in damages. And when I'm talking to my buddy, he's like, I'm not kidding you, man. He goes, I've been doing this for now 16, maybe 17 years. The most, the top of the line in terms of damages I've ever had was like $700. He goes, nowhere, anywhere near anything like this. And I was like, well, great. I won the lottery. I just won the crap lottery. The the hits just keep on coming, huh? Yeah, Yeah, it was just nuts. But I mean, you know, at the end of the day, it's all physical stuff and then like i said he's helping and taking care of us and you know he he helped you know make us financially whole on anything that couldn't be replaced and anything that could be replaced they were on top of it you know they they started you know buying everything and getting stuff shipped to us but you know it's it's a process and you got to manage through all that and when you're expecting to just move into a house and have all your stuff and then suddenly you don't have a desk chair or (laughs) you know which i don't know you do it's right there at the bottom (laughs) that's right that's right. Where, where's the where's the photo where's the photo op of you and the kids <laughs> and the wife all in there going three PO three PO shut down all the garbage measures on the detention level. <laughs> That's what it looks like. That's exactly, That's exactly what it looks like. Yeah, it crazy. looks like the trash compactor from yep. the Death Star. Yep, it was pretty nuts. So we we wow. definitely so did, did everything to make this move as eventful as we could. <laughs> so. So did you lose anything that was like, you know, crazy? Because I, I, I had my movers. They stole from us. They took oh. stuff. They didn't, they didn't break it. They stole it. We had a column and they had to bring it back. Oh, my goodness. Well, at least they got it back. I mean, that's good. I, I know, but I was like, you I stole it. we lost it. anything like, I don't know. I, there's a couple of things we can't find yet, but I don't think that it was stuff that was like damaged and thrown out or anything because it's stuff that I know – I packed in certain things and I just can't find the boxes. Cause I mean, to put it in perspective and I know this is going to be first world problems and complaining, but we have like a 4,000 square foot house. So it's like, we have boxes everywhere in the house right now, but like, I can't find my hall of justice from my DC Kenner superpowers figures. That's frustrating me because I love that thing. And I've had it since like 1987. Mm-hmm. Um, I found all my superpowers figures though, which was good. Um, and then, uh, I can't find my paints to my miniatures. That's driving me nuts. Cause I had like mm. 70 or 75 paints, which if anyone paints board game miniatures, you know how expensive that is. Yeah. 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 That's a um, but yeah, no, we didn't, we, you know, no family heirlooms got broken. Nothing that's like, you know, irreplaceable. I think the only thing that, that was broken, that was irreplaceable was my wife had this Tinkerbell cookie jar that she had bought at Disney and it was a collector's item at Disney would like 80 bucks, you know, a decade ago that got broke. But other than that, and and even that I'll give him credit. He even scoured eBay trying to find that thing because he can't find it at, at um, uh, Disney anymore. And he was, he found one person on eBay selling it for like 240 bucks and he tried to get it and someone sniped him on it. So, I mean, he, he went above and beyond to try and help us out and everything. And, and he, and he did, you know I mean? At the end of the day, 
we're all safe. We're all here. We're all healthy and we're enjoying our new home. And, you know, it's, it's one of those things that, like I said, like right now it's hilarious. You look at the picture and you're like, what whiskey tango Foxtrot. Right. You know, but <laughs> yeah, when we were there in the moment, I was like, Oh no, Oh no, 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 no. <laughs> so. Well, and like if anybody, and, and you know, a lot of people have moved homes and, and seriously, you mentioned it. It is, it's a nightmare. It's the worst thing to, I mean, it, the, like a month after you're in and things are done, you're like, oh, this was great. But the process of moving from from A, buying a house, which is one of the most like laborious, tedious, awful things you could do in life. It's, it, it's it a makes, horrible experience. It makes buying a used car from a guy named Chet look fun. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> It, it, I, and I don't know, like, if they're still doing this because we've been here for, you know, going on seven years. But seven years ago, when we bought this place, and this is not my first house, like, I've, I owned two houses prior, but there was literally a time when we're, you know, they look at your bank accounts, they do look at your financials, and they, they say, like, you have X amount of money in the, in the savings or in checking, whatever. I, I kid you not, we had like a transfer of, I think it was like, Fifty dollars at one point, like a fifty dollar yeah. transfer that and came that in from something. Flag it right, and and like we get yeah. a call going, "Hey, where did this fifty dollars come from? Because yeah. that wasn't in there yesterday, and today it's in there. And what's going on?" I'm like, "My I, grandmother gave it to me for my birthday." Like, <laughs> dude, it was literally a grandma check. <laughs> That's funny. And I was like, "What in the hell?" And they're like, "Well, we have to make sure because the money could be coming from somewhere unscrupulous." I'm like, "Oh my See, god!" You know, you know what I had to do? I, I won't say who my my mortgage company was. They're a very big national mortgage company, though. But they um, about a week before we were finalizing all the details on our loan, they told us, "You know, I'm really glad our loan officer was like, I'm really glad we got all this stuff done now because." I don't know what's going to happen here in the next couple of weeks. We were told this morning, like we may have to suspend loans for, you know, anyone in, in certain businesses. And then literally 24 hours later, we get a phone call and, you know, I, I work for a company called GTS distribution, which if you know what it is, that's great. If you don't know what it is, you have no idea what we do, right? We, we could, <laughs> we could distribute dog food. We could distribute, you know, toys and games. You have no idea. And, um, sometimes he, both, both, sometimes both. Yes. And he, uh, bring out your dad. No, I'm sorry. I'm sorry. That's, that's bad. I, anyway, he, uh, he, he says to me, he goes, dude, he goes, what does GTS do? I'm like, Oh, we deal with sports memorabilia and board games and entertainment products. And he's like, Oh, okay. Okay. All right. So it's not a, you're not a services distributor or anything like that. And I'm like, no, no, not at all. And he goes, okay. Cause they, they locked it down. Like if you're in the services industry, you're not getting a loan now. And I'm like, is that, legal like i don't know yeah. that's legal right that's kind of weird and then it became hey we need something on your company letterhead and it needs to be signed from either an hr representative or from uh, yeah. a you know officer of the company that states number one you are going to be employed at the time of the purchase of the house that number two, your salary will not change. I mean, they were like so paranoid about that. It's crazy, it, it, dude. It's crazy, right? They want to let. They just want something with the name of the company on it. It's so weird, man. Yeah, and it, that's that's you know that's buying a house. It's it, it's clear. It's bizarre, well, man. But in the pandemic, it became an everyday occurrence. Like we literally every day would get a phone call from our loan officer. You guys still employed? 
I'm like, yeah. yeah, yeah, we're still employed. Thanks, man. Yeah, it's good to hear from you too. So yeah, it was pretty stressful. But you're right. Uh, I mean, we're we're literally this this coming week coming up on a month being here, and we're, we're kind of in that point now where we're we're comfortable. Although we got we got suckered. We uh we I, th- I feel like we moved here, and all we've seen is the screensaver because it's like 71 degrees and beautiful every day. And I'm like, there's no way it's staying like this forever because I mean, it's the middle of the Midwest, right? So it's going to be hot and humid in the summer and it's going to be cold and shitty in the winter. And we knew that and we're fine with that. But, you know, we're coming from Texas where it's like, you know, 50 weeks of summer like in a row, right? So I know. Like, I, that's, I mean, same. That's what it is out here. And like, I don't know. And, but yeah, San Diego was about the same kind of area as Austin was in terms of like latitude and longitude and all that stuff. It's, yeah. it's uh, just north of Baja and everything. So yeah, I, uh, I won't miss that. You know, we were just talking about that the other day because we walked outside and it was middle of the evening and maybe like seven o'clock and it was 65 degrees breezy beautiful and i'm like man i'm not sweating like i'm not (laughs) sweating at all like not even just standing still and sweating the way it was in texas so yeah that that's always a fun experience uh, we just walk outside and it's terrible yeah how's the uh how's how's the pool uh, the pool is great if you're Tony Hawk right now. Um, it is we when we got the house with the pool. It was our first time owning a house with a pool. Uh, they told us that the previous owners had bought a new liner for it, and yeah. they have to wait to a certain time and temperature to be able to do that. So it's going to be after we moved in. So the guys came out and they've taken apart part of the the liner. And they haven't had the right weather the way they wanted it yet for temperature wise to do the new one. So yeah, it kind of looks like a skateboard park right now. So, <laughs> so uh, we're, we're very much looking forward to that for sure. Oh, good, 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 man. Well, I'll have to, um, if I'm, if I'm ever out in that direction yeah, yeah, uh, at some sure. point for whatever reason, I will, I will just come by unannounced. Well, I'll tell you, there's a, there's a, if we ever get back to it, there is a great convention in St. Louis called Geekway to the West. It's only three hours away. So that's something we might be able to make work. How, how are you, how are you feeling about all these, uh, cons that are still going to sort of happen. I mean, uh, I was ta- so yeah. I was talking to I was talking to Tony Galati, right? And we were having this conversation about, you know, the online thing and, you know, my take is I really applaud everybody for doing something, for right? Sure. Doing a thing to keep people engaged and and you know, it makes people feel good and I think it's a it's a good thing in on paper, right? Right. But when I see like Gen Con online, uh, Origins online. I want to know what that means. I want to know what yeah. the execution is. And again, I'm not knocking it, but I just wonder because obviously the 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 convention experience is one of seeing people sitting down, touching a thing, learning about something and, and getting, you know, discovering something magical that you didn't know five minutes before it even existed, you know? And so what's your take on the online versions of these shows? So I'm, I'm with you. I applaud everybody for trying to do something. Um, I think, Every show is different, you know, regardless of if it's like UK Games Expo or, or you know, Origins or Gen Con or Essen or any, every, everyone's needs and, and capabilities are different. Um, I think that for the most part, I think you're spot on. I think that people who go to shows 
don't necessarily go to board game shows or anything, cosplay events or anything like that. They don't go for what the event is. They go for the community. They go for the building and the, you know, like you said, finding something new, whether that's somebody, some things, you know, whatever it may be. And I, I don't think that happens as easily online. And I mean, I just saw the other day somebody posted in a, a Facebook group about how, you know, wh- what would people think if Gen Con were to do online events that are in Animal Crossing? And I'm like, man, they are like grasping, like they're like, they're like trying to find anything to yeah. get attention to it. And I think that's going to be the weird part is that there's. I think the smaller conventions are going to have an easier time at the online than the bigger conventions. I think the bigger conventions are going to have better resources for them for their online stuff. But I mean, at the end of the day, the whole concept of like a virtual hall, like a virtual exhibitor hall, I don't know any consumer that has ever said to me in my 20 some odd years of going to Gen Con ever said, excuse me, can I borrow your handbook to look up in the map where Upper Deck is? Because I don't know what booth they're in. Nobody does that. It's, it's it, People just walk around until they find what they want to find. And yes, there are people who will sit down and map out their like, you know, daily, you know, trek of the, the floor and everything like that. But you know, the average consumer, especially in this environment, when you're online and trying to get the average consumer to, to come to this type of event, they don't care about stuff like that. And they don't care about monetization, right? I mean, it's it, and that's the that's the tough part. I mean, and, and mind you, I, I would never in a million years right now wish the job of event coordinator on my worst enemy because it's got to be the most stressful thing in the world. Right. But they, you know, if you, if you're doing it to make money, I don't think it's going to succeed. But if you're doing it to maintain, if not grow, if not evolve your community. Then I think you'll you'll do okay. Well, um, I, I like what Aldi did. I, I did. I thought, yes. it was, I thought it was. It's neat. Aldi though. He's awesome. I know. <laughs> I know. I know. I know. I, I I like what he did, and I thought it was cool. It it was what it was. It you know it didn't change my life, but I watched it. And I thought it was right. neat, and um, you know, it was fine. You know, Aldi it was is fine. amazing to me because he is one of the nicest people you'll ever meet in the industry. One of the nicest people you ever meet in general, and right. he's he's never about an agenda. Right. I mean, he wants, you know, he wants BGG both as a website and a community and as an event, whether it's BGG spring or online or or November and and proper and everything. He wants it to be a success, but he's never agenda based. Right. He's just like, you know, this is this is what we're going to do. This is how we're going to support our community. And we're just going to make it the best experience possible. I mean, BGG con in November especially being in Austin and only being two hours away, man, that's going to be one of the big things that stresses me out when it comes to this November. Like if I can't, if they have it in November and I can't get to it because I'm in Kansas city, then I may look at my wife and go, okay, we made a mistake. <laughs> we shouldn't have moved, right? but I, I, you know, he, he was on here. We were talking about it and you know, I, all, I told him, I said, you know, that November or October, October, November, somewhere in the fall, I guess. I, I guess, Was it November? It's November. Yeah. The week before Thanksgiving. Yep. I always, oh, I think it was October. Um, it was always such a good time of year. Like, I just felt so good being at that show because, and, and I'm not going to lie, like part of it is like you're going into the holiday season. Last with show of the friends, year. The yep. last show of the year. And that, like that, there's something about the feeling of that show when you like, 
this is the last time I'm going to see like the Khan family, whatever, yeah, you know, whatever, sure. anything, whatever label we put on it. Yeah. But there was some magical Carnies. feeling <laughs> being at that show and just, I, and I told him, I liked the fact that it was at the airport. Yeah, totally. <laughs> I, I actually enjoyed that immensely for yeah. so many reasons. It was you great. Know, you could still, you could still go off campus, but sure. There was something so just pleasurable about that show because of the timing and because of, you know, uh, the, again, like the, the stigmata around it. I mean, his his people that he's built this team and I, I, I hesitate to call it a team because I mean, they're really like family. I mean, Jeff Anderson is a workhorse. John's amazing. There's like, there's so many people that are so great in that community. And, and not you may that not w know that. Eric Martin though. Oh, that guy. Yeah, he is. W. He, he, <laughs> but all of them are so like-minded and so focused on everybody having a good time. I mean, yeah. you know, it always drove me nuts to go to big shows and you'd ask like, you know, a PAX enforcer or you'd ask a, you know, someone that's there from the show, whatever show <laughs> you're going to. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And you'd be like, Hey, where is this? And what is this? And what's going on? And you never get an answer. Or you would, you know, get kind of the, I don't care about you answer and stuff like that. But you go to BGG con and I don't care if you're just like walking to the bathroom and you're lost, or if you're actually trying to like rush to your event and get there. If you ask anybody, doesn't matter if you're, you know, Michelle Aldi's wife or like the person that was just volunteered there, they're on it. And they're like, you know what? I, I don't know the answer to that, but I'm going to get you an answer. I'm going to find out right now. Yeah. Or yes, this is what you need to do. And this is where you need to go. I mean, they're like, they're so good. Just so good. So yeah, well, I, I liked what they did. I thought it was really cool. It's not a big show in terms of like, you know, thousands and like 60,000 people. Absolutely not. I mean, it's just, it's a little intimate gathering over a few days at the airport and it is glorious. And so I don't, I don't know. I hope they, I hope they have it, but I, I honestly don't think. I actually hope that, are, that is the way things evolve too. I, I, cause like, honestly, we talked about this. If Gen Con hadn't canceled, would you still want to go? Oh like, God, no. no! Right? Do you want to be around sixty thousand people, no. let alone sixty thousand gamers that are all no. you know tucked into this area, knowing for fact, and and we know this for a long time, sixty thousand tickets may be sold. Seventy-two thousand people are showing up because there's yeah. so many extra people that don't ever go into the exhibit hall or anything like yeah. that. They're they out there in the events or the hotels oh, and yeah. all that and everything. And so, yeah, I would not want to go anywhere near that at all. Like, I, I think. Things like that are going to become, are like, like artifacts, like, you know, just these, these things of days bygone. But I do think that shows like Geekway to the West, like BGG Con, like Dice Tower Con, I think they've got a huge opportunity over this next coming, like, maybe like two to five years to really not so much grow necessarily, but I mean, and we saw it a little bit right before, you know, all this kind of went crazy, you know, Dice Tower has gone from just being Dice Tower Con in Florida to Dice Tower East and Dice Tower West. So, you know, they've, they haven't necessarily grown their show, but they've grown their community and, and they've been able to offer them multiple opportunities throughout the year. I think smaller shows are going to become a bigger thing. And I think the more challenging environment then becomes how do you make smaller shows profitable? Meaning if I'm a publisher and I'm paying you to go to that show, how do you keep this profitable for me? How do you, you, yeah. you know, focus the efforts of the show to bring consumers that are paying consumers to the show? That, that's going to be some tricky stuff. But yeah, I, I'm not, man, 
you've been there. Imagine going to Essen on Saturday with 140,000 of your closest friends and frenemies. I mean, I used to call Saturday at Essen Shuffle Saturday because you couldn't walk. You couldn't take a full step. There's so many people in your way. And all it takes is that one guy with his 75 games in his suitcase to block the traffic and, you know, hold up traffic for 30 minutes. But yeah, yeah, I do not want to – I just – it's a different well, world now. I mean, literally, it's a different world. <laughs> it really is. So have, have you ever been to Comic-Con? I have never been to San Diego Comic-Con. I have been oh, to yeah, New yeah. York Comic-Con. Okay. Not even not even in the ballpark. Uh, <laughs> having, been, having been to both. <laughs> New York Comic-Con is not any... It's... it's 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 like the 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 cousin Oliver of Comic Con. <laughs> nice, nice, and it's it's not a bad show. Don't get me wrong, That's but I mean, great. I'm just saying from the sheer numbers of people, it's yeah. it's nowhere. It doesn't doesn't happen. But so they, I mean, they canceled Comic Con this year, and that yeah. to me, as soon as they did that, I was that like, was yeah, done. there's not going to be another show yep. this year. Yeah, <laughs> you how know? do you and, argue that your show should happen when literally the largest geek culture show of the year gets canceled? Like, well, go, go ask the good folks over at PAX because they uh, they came out. I don't know, it was a couple weeks ago, and said like PAX West is still still happening. Wow, like, how? how? Wow. <laughs> It may happen. I don't think it'll be as many people, but it may happen. I mean, you're going to still have it when Sony and Microsoft and every video game publisher pulls out because they pulled out of every other show too. And I mean, Xbox stands up and says, Hey, I know we're only three miles down the road, but we're not coming. (laughs) Yeah. Not a good afternoon. (laughs) Yeah. It's, it's crazy. So, well, I don't know, man. I mean, I, I agree with you. I wouldn't want to be in the shoes right now of, Anybody who's running, it's gotta be so stressful. So I, 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 you know, I haven't spoke to Megan in a while. Oh yeah. Megan Culver. Yeah. She's great. She is. You know, she's awesome. I, I've always had a really good for years, years and years and years. And I haven't spoken to her a while and I want to, she's on the short list that I have of people that are actually business savvy in this industry. (laughs) Yeah. No, she's really good. She she's I, I I knew her from like my early early days at Upper Deck before I was running the show over there for the most part. Um, Back when you were merely she, an understudy, pretty much. Fuck <laughs> <laughs> yeah, let's call it what it is. I mean, data entry is uh, just fine. You can call this it that true. too. This is true. Um, hey, speaking of which, you, they didn't lo- the moving company didn't lose your sharpie set, did they? No, they didn't. <laughs> thank goodness. No, yeah, that's still intact. <laughs> Uh, dry sharpies are still good for something good times um, <laughs> dry sharpies that's beautiful it's almost as good as the bring out your dead one <laughs> good. Uh, well you know uh what are you gonna do um, yeah. bu- bunch of games every year all right man well look uh i'm glad everything is good with the house. I'm glad the move went well. I'm glad the family survived the yep. pandemic move. I, I've that's a gutsy move, my friend. And, well, it uh, wasn't planned. Trust me. If we could go back and redo it all again, this would not be the you know the m- method of operations we would lay down for sure. You didn't just so, wait and go like, now's the time. Yeah, they've locked everything down. Let's go. Let's just, live on the edge. No traffic. It was amazing. No traffic. Yeah. <laughs> Jesus. No. Well, you guys, you guys had to hold up with some family didn't you for a little while we did yeah we had about a two-week period where we stayed with my my niece and my nephew who were unbelievably gracious and i think are here upstairs waiting on me to come upstairs to to see them but i think uh, i think that we got to that point where they were like okay you guys need to move in your house now so it was it was it was a lot of fun 
I, I don't know if I could do it with family in for that long. I mean, when I moved out of when I when we moved out of our home, we my parent we moved into my parents' house for like two, three weeks. And for two of those weeks, they were on a cruise. They were gone. And on the third week, <laughs> they came home. I went to Gen Con. So I was like, later. I don't I don't have any problem. Right. But I think it was rough, you know, yeah, if I for I'm, sure. I'm pretty sure. Yeah, I mean, my my mom has a great saying that says, "Family are like fish. After three days, they start to stink." So it's I like that. Yeah, I'll, I'll, I'll abide. I like yeah, it. Right. But no, we did we did good, and yeah, like you said, you know, we're here, and you know, we'll, we'll probably have to do another one of these discussions maybe a year from now and see if I'm unpacked or not. But we'll we'll see. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> All right, man. Well, thanks for coming on the show. Anytime, brother. Love you, man. Love you too, bro. Hey folks, Brenzor here. Hey, listen, you know, I love providing content for you. I really do. It's, it's enjoyable. I have a good time doing it. I, I feel like you're enjoying it because I get a lot of comments and I get a lot of messages and I get a lot of people saying, Hey, this is, this is awesome. I really like what you're doing. Keep it up. So listen, if you can support the show, I'd appreciate you doing so. Head over to the Facebook page. You'll see the link on Anchor. Click on it. If you want to support the show, go for it. Donate a buck. Do what you got to do. I appreciate it in this weird time. But if, you know, if you do and, um, you know, I get enough support, I could start uh, maybe uh, leveling up the show production a little bit. What do you think? All right. Well, look, if you want to and you can, I'd appreciate it. You know what I'm saying? I'll leave it at that. Go to my Facebook page. Brinzor's dead on Facebook. You'll see the link at the top for the Anchor site, which is anchor.fm forward slash Jason Dash Brenner. Boy, that wasn't a mouthful. Anyway, go over to Facebook. You'll see it. Click on it. There's a support button. Support the show. Dunka. Cheers. Thank you. Bye-bye.